a massive paradigm shift has happened here. So we've gone from this bathroom technology to ubiquitous interaction with maps, and at the same time, there's data everywhere, right? So enter Google into this ecosystem. Six years ago, Google Earth didn't exist. Today, Google Earth has been downloaded and uniquely activated over 950 million times. If you're not live tweeting and you're not playing on Facebook, I will say that this number is actually beyond a billion. We just haven't publicly announced it yet. That is a tremendous amount of usage. No other piece of geospatial software has, has experienced uh, that, that degree of user, user adaptation or user adoption, I should say. Interesting, if you want to bring this up to your students, that to count to a billion, right, if you're going to do one iteration a second, to get to 1,000, it would take you 17 minutes. To get to a million, it would take you seven days. To get to a billion, it would take you 32 years without stopping to eat and sleep and all of these things. So, Okay, and then Google Maps, right? Google Maps is this two-dimensional platform that is used over one million hours every day. So just in the 20 minutes I'm going to talk to you here before we go to lunch, this platform will receive 21,000 hours of usage. Just phenomenal, right? How many of you used a Google Map to get here today? Great, sure, lots of you. Those of you who didn't, we took your names down. <laughs> What's interesting is not a lot of that usage actually comes through Google. What we've done with Google Maps is we've made a Google Maps open to be programmatically used inside of websites. We call it an API, or an application programming interface. But the majority of Google Maps usage comes from store locators, like you see here, where Ace Hardware says, hey, I know where my stores are. I need to communicate that information to my customers or potential customers. They don't want to be in the mapping business, so they embed a Google Map inside of their website, and they put their data on top of a Google Map to provide context unique to their use cases. Same happens in, in the real estate industry. So all this valuable real estate data becomes actionable for, for buyers and sellers and real estate agents when it's matched up with the Google Map, okay? So that, that's kind of our, our discussion. A common critique, though, has been, hey, how do I, just, you know, Joe student or an elementary school teacher or a middle school teacher or a researcher, how do I make my data link up with a Google map? And until recently, there's kind of been a disjointed strategy there from Google's perspective. We could help you if you knew, if you knew some JavaScript or you knew how to do a little bit of coding or you had access to somebody who could do a little bit of coding, no problem. Uh, but if you just wanted to take your data and data that you generate, we didn't have a great solution. So enter Fusion Tables. It's been uh, out and around now for almost two years. But Fusion Tables was an answer to that critique. Fusion Tables is a spatially aware database all in the cloud. What does that mean? Well, it looks and feels like a spreadsheet, but you interact with it inside of a web browser. So let me actually get up the slide and show you what I'm talking about here. So here I'm in a Fusion Table, right? And the neat thing about a Fusion Table is, as I mentioned to you, it looks like a spreadsheet. It's all inside of a web browser. You don't need to download any software. You don't need to install any plugin. You don't need to have any hardware. What I did for this particular demo is I went out to the USGS website, the same website that Margaret just showed you, and I downloaded all the earthquakes that had happened since 1973 that had a magnitude of 4.5 or greater. This is a tremendously large data set. If you notice in the upper right-hand corner, this is 175,000 unique rows of data. It's a lot of data, and it would be very difficult to interact with this data in a spreadsheet. It would be very resource-intensive to try to do anything with this data on a laptop or on a desktop. But with Fusion Tables, what we're doing is we're leveraging Google's distributed computing infrastructure. All that's to say is when I click a button here in a minute to show this to you on a map, I'm going to be leveraging 15 or 1,600 different machines back in Google's data center. And it doesn't matter if I'm accessing this through a slow laptop, through a cell phone, through a tablet device. So we take these 175,000 different pieces of data, and they become instantly accessible in Fusion Tables. Uh, we can look at it as a chart, we can look at it on a timeline, or more relevant to our discussions today, 
I can look at this data on a map. So with the click of a button, I just took 175,000 points and mapped them on the Earth. Very neat. We can also uh, choose to not just look at these as individual points, but to look at them kind of as a heat map or an aggregated intensity map. So this becomes very easy to see where all earthquake activity has happened since 1973. It's very clear to see the ring of fire. This would be you know, a really useful geological, statistics, math type, type lesson. Um, I'm not an educator, so I'll leave it to you to, to make the classroom applications. But you can see how this, this makes a bunch of tabular data very relevant and, and very interesting. <coughs> the real power in fusion tables, though, is you can take disparate data sets and mash them up to create enhanced understanding. So this table of 175,000 rows of earthquakes becomes even more interesting when we combine it with a separate table that has the location of nuclear power plants around the world. So these are both data sets that can be downloaded freely and openly out on the internet. And now we can see where nuclear power plants are in relation 